So at this time, I'm going to hand it over to our pastor, Pastor Ed Pachette. Good morning, family. Give me a second here. Alder, can you grab me a stand real quick? I'm a little discombobulated over here. Give me a second, family. It's a good thing we are all family, right? Otherwise, it could be really awkward. Although one of my mottos is, I'm just embrace the awkwardness. It is what it is. <laughs> but you got to be careful when you make a statement like that because the Lord's going to say, okay. How's everyone feeling today? Man, we are blessed today. Hey, we're alive now. We are blessed today because of what today represents. Today is a day that we take to remember, especially what the Lord has done for us. Not only the price that He paid for us on Good Friday, but the fact that the price that He paid couldn't hold Him down. Death itself could not hold down our Lord and Savior. And because of that, because of his life, now we live. Because he could have given it all up. He could have paid that ultimate price on the cross and then left in the tomb. And if we were there, without that resurrection, we still have no life. He has to be alive to be our advocate, to, to stand in the gap. And he did. He said this, he said, I have the authority to lay my life down and I have the authority to take it back up. And that's exactly what he did. And so I want to take just a few moments this morning to look into the scripture and, and read um, just one of the, uh, Matthew chapter 28, one of the stories about how this went down. There's actually four different books that tell us about the resurrection and how that went down. So I want to read that, and I want to do so, something a little bit different. Anybody remember back in grade school doing show and tell? Yeah. Yeah? Can you guys remember some of the things that you brought to school? Maybe a frog, a picture? A picture? Okay, of what? Oh, a drawing, a drawing. Okay, okay, interesting. Oh, uh oh. Kurt, I'm afraid to ask you. Are you. <laughs> so you went to school thinking you brought a human brain. That's, that's, that's special, Kurt. You're, we always knew you were special, but just, we didn't realize how much special, how special you were. <laughs> Bringing human organs to school, too. You didn't think twice about it, did you? <laughs> man, as kids, man, you can bring some of the fun, funniest things to school because it's all about, man, you've you got something that you're proud of. You want to show off to your friends, right? <laughs> well, this morning, I want to take, take a look at the, of the Scripture and see exactly what the Lord did, but we've got to take it up to the next level. Right? Because if we believe that what the Bible says actually happened, then it's not something that we just talk about anymore. This is something that we see. This is something that is constantly around us now. This is something that we have to show off. This is something that is alive and well. 
So let's pause right there. Let's jump into Matthew chapter 28, and I'm going to read the few, first few verses, starting in verse 1. If you want to read along, feel free to jump in there. It says this, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards at the tomb trembled, and they became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And here is one of the stories of their first interactions with Jesus after he had resurrected from the dead. Because of his life, we now have full life. Not a life that kind of meanders and just kind of survives through life, but no, we have a life that is abundant and full and unending for as far as we can comprehend that because we really can't comprehend the fullness of that. But what we can comprehend, the closer that we draw to Christ, is the fullness, the abundance that he intends for us. See, life in Christ is not like life, any other life. With Christ versus without is completely different. Sometimes, for those of us believers in here, I think sometimes even life with Christ, we haven't tapped in to the fullness of the potential that is there for us. Just waiting. It's just a matter of scooping it up and walking in that full, abundant life. It's there for the taking, and yet we haven't just... just walked in that direction because it's a little of the unknown. When something's unknown or unfamiliar, it can be a little bit intimidating. What, what's, what's there? What's around the corner? I know somebody said it's good, but what is it really for me? What's that going to mean for me? What's that going to mean for my family? But one thing that we do know is this. Life in Christ is a life, life of overcoming. It's a life of breakthrough. It's a life of newness. And it's a life of freedom from any type of bondage, any type of bondage that would seek to come over us. See, in life, wherever we go, no matter, what, um, no matter where you're at, no matter what, what your age is, no matter what, there are always things around you seeking to kind of grab at you and, and take hold on you. And at first, you don't realize that it's there trying to take hold because it, it feels like a nice pat on the shoulder. It feels kind of nice. It feels kind of comforting. Okay. But all of a sudden, that pat gets a little stronger, gets a little more firm, and to before you know it, that thing that was comforting, all of a sudden, it's taken hold of you, and you can't break your shoulder out of it. And now, no longer is it just holding you, but it's pulling you in a direction that you never intended to go. It's got you captivated, and you can't break free, because that's a spiritual thing. See, we see things going on in the spiritual, they... they the evidence of what's happening in the spiritual, we see in the physical. But we don't see in the physical until it's already taking place in the unseen. 
And so that, that stronghold has been developed in the spiritual realm, and all of a sudden, now we're, we're aware of it when we've gone too far. That grip is on us, and it's not something that can be broken by anything less than the power of Jesus Christ and his resurrected life. See, he went and put himself into that place of bondage and took upon our curse, took upon himself the, our punishment, our consequence for these things, so that he could say, no, that's my son, that's my daughter, and there is no more punishment. There is no consequence for this. He can cut off the bondage and break free from anything that tries to take hold of us. Now, it's one thing to, to, to talk about these things, but I, I don't want to just talk about a Jesus that lived, died, and resurrected again. I want to show you Jesus. This morning, we don't need to just talk about an idea because it's all around us. It's just a matter of opening our eyes, taking a step back and say, okay, he's here, I know it. Now let me, let me take a look at this. I have a few people that are going to help me this morning, and I'd like to call you guys uh, to come and take a seat if you would. Uh, Brother Frank, Serena, and Kurt, if you want to come to the front real quick. You know, we were talking about show and, show and tell, and uh, I'm going back to... Wow, what grade was it? <laughs> you know what? You, been, you might be right, Kurt. I was, I was uh, well, I guess this isn't going to surprise you. I was uh, somewhat of a weird child. <laughs> See, when I, was, when I was a kid and we had show and tell, it was second or third grade, by the way. And so you know, I, uh, we had show and tell coming up, and I was so excited because I wanted to show all my friends my special toy. How many of you guys had Cabbage Patch Kids when you were a kid? Okay, all the ladies, right? Oh, one, one guy, okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, didn't have a, I didn't have a cabbage patch, but you know what I had? That, you remember that little doll, My Little Buddy? Yeah. My buddy, my buddy. <laughs> that was my buddy, and I was really proud of my little buddy. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it, why is this? For some strange reason, you know, if you're, if you're a 22 or 25-year-old man, it's not weird to want a son. You, you want to have a family. You want to have a child to raise. You want to show them the ways. But for some reason, at like eight and nine years old, I couldn't wait to have a son and like raise him. And so I had to wait till I was 25, but when he finally came, that's when my real little buddy came. And now I can show him off and not be like, okay, you have your little fun over there. And <laughs> but I brought my little buddy to school in second or third grade and you show him, in the, you know, you put it, go to the front of the classroom and, and you, you pull him out and everyone's kind of like, Oh, that's great, Ed. <laughs> Wonderfully for you. <laughs> this morning, I want to take some time to show and tell you Jesus. See, we talk about how he's alive. Today represents the day that he rose from the grave, right? That's new life. That's excitement. He said, I've overcome the world. And he said this, too. He said, in this life, you will have troubles. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. And how did he do that? with his death. And it didn't stop there. It came to this day of new life. That new life is our life now. The fullness of the life that the Lord wants you to experience is all wrapped up in his resurrected life. That's what true life is, life through Christ. So what we're going to do is take a few moments, and I want to show you Jesus alive in some of my friends. 
And I know some of you guys can, can have some of these sim- a similar experience. Like, you, you've seen, you know what Jesus has done in your life. So you see what was then without Christ. But this is now with the resurrected Christ living and breathing in you. And so what I'd like to do is ask, I'll pass it to uh, Frank. Why don't you kick us off? And why don't you show us uh, what Jesus, the, life, the resurrected life, looks like for you? Good morning. He has he is truly and clearly been risen. And my testimony involves a prodigal son, his earthly father, and his heavenly father. July 4th weekend, Independence Day, which is interesting, I drove up to New Hampshire. And what I didn't realize at the time was the near end of my prodigal eight-year journey. I went to New Hampshire because my father, who was my best friend, my mentor, and everything to me, was being slowly destroyed by dementia. It was so bad that basically they had to put him into a medically induced coma because when he was having his bad days, he could be violent and he was never violent. So I went up to New Hampshire for a week, crying out to my Heavenly Father within my prodigal journey. And the last thing I said at the end of the week, I didn't get a whole lot of revelation, not surprisingly, at the time. But the last thing I said to the Lord was when I left, if he gave me more time with my dad, I would lay my life down to him again and serve him forever. Two months later, as I continue to pray, Saturday, September 7th, my phone rang, and it was my dear brother, Gary, who had been pursuing me for eight years to get me to come back. And he called me, and he invited me to go to a new church, which was right across the street from my house, which was called Cross Point Church. He didn't know. He said, the Lord told me to call you, so I called you. He didn't know at that moment. My father was in a medically induced coma at Rhode Island Hospital, and they were getting ready to put him onto the hospice care because they couldn't control him. And we were getting ready for my dad to go home. So I went to church for the first time in eight years. And they had an altar call at the end, And my Assembly of God training taught us and taught me that if I went forward in proxy for my dad and they anointed my head, God could touch my father. So I did. And I drove to Rhode Island Hospital. My dad was in a medically induced coma. I went into his room. It was just me and dad. I simply wiped my forehead where the oil was still put the sun, a cross across my father's forehead, and he woke up. And the, the ending of the story, the amazing thing with the story was I didn't ask the Lord to heal him. I asked the Lord to give, him, give me more time with my dad. Well, God touched my dad in such a way, which was different and not what I was expecting. He basically, my dad, for the last Four and a half years. He gave me four and a half more years with my dad. But my dad was totally calm, never hurt anyone. 
And basically, I spent those t four and a half years with my dad, and I've served God ever since. Praise God. Praise God. Hi. Life uh, in Christ is like nothing else. This is new life. Sorry to cut you off. No, okay. Go ahead and take um, it away. I'm Serena. Um, so my testimony is about me coming to Christ. I did not grow up in a Christian home. I still don't. Um, none of my family saved. I was ending my freshman year of high school, and I came to this youth group, and Ed was the pastor. And I met Ed and his wife and uh, this great bunch of kids, and there is just something different about this group of people. Um, there's something about Ed and Sly that I had never seen before, that I've never experienced. They just had this, like, love about them and this, like, um, compassion about them that I'd, I'd never seen in a human before. And so I started coming uh, to this youth group, and I started, like, getting those questions of, like, hmm, like, this is kind of making sense to me. Like, this is um, these questions I've had for, like, ever, like even as a kid, like questions about God, like they're starting to click and make sense. And at the end of that summer, I um, accepted Christ. And it's been eight years, about to the day. And um, I grew up in a Unitarian Universalist church, which means that you believe whatever you want. You know, Buddha and God are on the same playing field. Um, very like hippie kind of place. And I was just been reflecting these past few days um, about all the things that I've gone through um, since accepting Christ, um, the good and the bad. And I just am so thankful um, because I think about all the trials that I've gone through, um, some really just heavy stuff. Um, and I just think about where I would be without Christ, and it's kind of like a scary thought because I don't, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be here. Honestly, I would have probably given up. I probably would have, some of the circumstances that I've been through probably would have just taken everything out of me. But because um, I was able to make these connections with these people, with Ed and Sly, with um, friends that I've had since going to that youth group, um, this is body of Christ. I've been able to go through some of these like crazy things that people shouldn't survive and can't survive without Christ. And it's just been awesome, the opportunities and the things that I've seen um, stories I've heard from from me, some sorry from some of you guys, um, you know some people that I know um, in this room, it's just an amazing experience to be a part of that, and like such a blessing to be able to, um, you know, share my journey and share what I've gone through with other people, and I'm just like baffled that I'm still able to be part of His kingdom and still be able to do these like amazing things. Um, you know, thinking about like just me and what I've gone through and what I deal with, um, that he still uses me in just like mighty ways. It's just such an honor. And so um, I just wanted to kind of briefly share, you know, where I started from as a 14-year-old kid who didn't know anything about God, um, who actually, I actually had a book growing up, and the story of Jonah was in one of my fairy tale books. So I didn't even know, like, that that was a biblical story. I didn't know Easter was even a religious holiday. I thought it was about the Easter Bunny. You know, that's what I grew up with. And um, it's just been so amazing these last eight years. You know, uh, Sly was telling me <laughs> that uh, eight is the number of new beginnings. And I really feel like um, God's doing something really crazy right now in this time. And, you know, Frank's saying eight years. I just feel like 
um, the Lord's doing something new. So, um, yeah, it's basically a little brief testimony of my life and my walk with the Lord. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us, Serena. Uh, and also, a side note, today is actually Serena's birthday, too. <laughs> Happy Easter birthday. <laughs> but she brings up an interesting point, too. Our life through Christ it, it gives us this, this overcoming power that is in us, but at the same time, as it, it, um, the life of Christ living through us gives us this, this um, breakthrough power. It's a transformational power. Yeah. And so it's not just something that we just kind of see things and we just kind of you know, break it down and we kind of move and do what we want. The transformation and the breakthrough starts way, way deep down inside here. And that's where the breakthrough comes. Because when the change, chap- change happens inside here, Nothing can take it away or change that. Nothing has access to here because there's only one person that you've allowed here, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And it also reminds us in the scripture that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now alive in you and me. That is transformational power. The power of God is alive in you and me. And so that, tra- that changes me. So Serena mentioned meeting uh, Sly and I and some of the people from the church. I promise you, it had nothing to do with me. Anything that she was just referencing is only the life of Jesus Christ, the resurrected life in me. That's all I have. The only stake that I can claim is the life of Christ living in me. And that goes for each and every one of us. So this morning, I want to be encouraged as we're listening to this, to this, this these show and tells, Right? This is Jesus alive in these, in these people, and they're giving testament. This is Jesus in me. This is what he's done in me. This is what he's done through me. And so let's hear what Kurt has to share with us. Let's see Jesus in you, brother. Pastor Ed, you had to go say that. Um, but aside <laughs> from brain coral, um, <laughs> my number's not eight. It's three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it is the ad- divine attributes of God, omnipresence, omnipotence, and omniscience. Um, I grew up in a mixed religious home. My father was Roman Catholic. My mother was Baptist. Oh, oh, oh. I thought my voice was loud enough to carry. Um, I'm just going to say this because I'm not going to give Satan any glory at all. But Paul said that he was the chiefest of sinners until I got my hands on that brain coral in the third grade. And I wouldn't let that teacher tell me that that was not a human brain. She couldn't tell me that was brain coral for all the world. And, you know, I was one of them kids that you couldn't tell anything. One day, I, was, um, I used to go to Maple Avenue Baptist Church, and I accepted Christ as my personal Savior when I was very young, but I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't get the fullness. And one day, John 1, 1, I was reading it, and it came alive. I was reading it, and it started jumping off the paper into my mind. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God, and that was kind of confusing, but watch this. From our intelligence, we speak what we know, right? God is omniscient. He's not limited by his intelligence. He is all intelligent. 
So mm -hmm. when he speaks the word, that word that was with him in the beginning was Jesus. Amen. Do you follow me? And he created everything. Well, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. And eventually, I ended up trying to harm myself. And that's how I got here. I came out of a mental hospital, and I was drawn here by a good friend of mine, Mike James. And he asked me would I come. And when I got here, I found out that this was the best place for imperfect people, a perfect place for imperfect people. Oh, I got to do this again. Okay. <laughs> so one of my favorite passages of scripture, and it just happens that Pastor Ed and I were talking about this last night, is Galatians 2.20. When I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, the Holy Spirit, when I was ready and mature enough to handle this, was going to tell me, Kurt, I want you to stop because the life that you're going to live in the flesh will no longer be you, but Christ living in us. Yeah. And if you look in John chapter 17, I believe it is, in Jesus' great high priestly mm -hmm. prayer, yeah. he prayed that we would be one with God as he and God are one. What God did for me was he brought me to a place where I could learn from. Where's my brother? Right there. The one scripture that tore me up was... I believe it's Hebrews 10, 26. And one day, Manny was telling, he was teaching Hebrews. And he got to it. And he said that this scripture has tripped many people up. But Paul, or the writer of the Hebrews, was talking to Hebrew people, and they would understand and the scripture says that if we sin willfully in the King James verse, after that we've come to the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. And in one of the denominations that I was in and ordained in, you, you'd have salvation one day and you mess up and you lose it again. They were very grace-filled and what I learned to do, if everybody could do me just one favor and I'll be done. Stand up, please. Now I want everybody to sit down. <laughs> I know, it's like brain coral, right, this dummy? How many of you people, when you stood up, just stood up? No hesitation. All right? Now, how many of you felt your chair, the steadiness or the foundation of it when you sat down? No, you didn't. You didn't feel that chair. You didn't feel that chair to see if you was it was going to hold you. You believed it. You believed it automatically. You, you believed it. <laughs> they can't hear you. <laughs> you stupid, Kurt. <laughs> you did saying. it again. They see your lips moving, but they um, don't hear anything. <laughs> uh, 
when you sat down. They still believe you, don't worry. You know, how many people expect their car to start when you go outside? Our faith is like that. You got to believe Jesus. You got to believe Jesus with the same faith. And when my faith really became alive, when Manny told me, God, this is what that scripture means, Kurt. If you walk away from the Lord, God's done everything he's going to do regarding salvation. He's not going to come again. It's, it doesn't matter if you believe it's in a bull brain coral or whatever. He's not going to do anything else but what he did. He died on that cross. And Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm done, that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead and we're caught up in that, then we of all men are most miserable because we still have to face God and we're still in our sin. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. You forgave me, and that's a big thing. If I can be forgiven, so can everybody. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Mic drop right there. I want to thank you guys um, for, you know, being vulnerable with us and being willing to, to share what you've, what you've gone through and um, really just a little bit about really like what was then, what was before experiencing life in Christ versus now coming to life. This is why we celebrate a day like today because the life I'm living is not like the one that I used to live and I would never want to go back to it. I don't know who would. But Kurt also brought up a really good point, and this is where we have to give some, some attention to, too. We know that the life in Christ is transformational power. It's breakthrough power. It's supernatural life is what it is. The supernatural mixed all in with the natural. It's, it's not of this world. But it all begins with belief. We all have access to it, and it's simply a matter of saying, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that I have fallen short of that glory. I have sinned. And so now I place my faith in him and I accept his sacrifice on the cross. It's as simple as that. We all have the same access to that resurrected life as the next person sitting on your right or your left. It's just a matter of belief. And so th the things of this world, even people around us, will often come at that belief because that's where it all starts. And so if our belief is gone, this is what will withhold us from not just experiencing life in Christ, but even the fullness of that life in Christ. I'm going to jump back in and read a couple of the scriptures. In Matthew 28, when it goes on from where we stopped there, it says this in Matthew 28, 11. He's speaking of the women when they were going to tell the disciples that they just saw Jesus. While they were going, behold, some of the guards, the guards that were guarding the tomb, they went into the city, and they told the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a su sufficient sum of money to the soldiers. Okay, what's going on here? And said, tell people his disciples came by night and stole the body away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. 
See, after all this happened, the, the earthquake came, the angels came, rolled away the stone, and Jesus resurrected. The guards saw the angel. They saw that stone roll away. It says that they, they fell like dead men. They fainted to the ground. And when they came to and realized what had happened, they went to report it. But the religious leaders weren't having any of that. They were not having any of that. And so they, they bribed them. And it had to have been a sufficient sum of money because the, the consequences of a Roman, Roman soldier failing their guard was their life. Their life was on the line. But they, they offered them a significant enough sum of money to say, hey, if anything gets said or this comes out, we'll protect you. Just take this and go. And so the soldiers did. See, Jesus resurrected. These guards saw that and not only didn't, didn't adhere to it and didn't submit to that, but they went and told and then instead they submitted to the religious leaders, they, religious, they, they submitted to the political leaders of the day, and so, so it squandered any kind of belief that would have come out of their testimony. The same thing stands for us today. If we don't believe, that's where it all starts, if we don't believe, then this is where we begin to miss out, right from the very beginning. This happened. He's alive in us today. But it all begins with belief. There's, we're always going to have naysayers constantly around us. We'll even have those whispers of doubt from the enemy. But all that does is prove that there is a God. All that does is prove that Jesus is there. And so what we want to do is guard our heart and guard our minds so that these things all around us that are creating doubt, trying to, to pull away our reason for belief, all those voices get silenced because we are clinging to that resurrected life in Christ. Far be it from us to let things around us begin to pull us away from what the, the Lord is offering to us. Take this. I, I, I have this life for you. I live now for you. Now won't you live for me? This morning we have opportunity to, to acknowledge what the Lord has done for us and say, man, God, you, haven't, you didn't hold back anything for me so that I can live in your fullness. So today, I want to offer all of me to you so that I can experience that fullness. See, when we go through our lives missing out on the abundant life that Christ died to give us, that's like taking that sacrifice almost in vain. He said, I, I, I died for this purpose so that you could have this. Don't miss out on this now. Don't, don't, don't believe in me now and just kind of wait to experience that, ex, that fullness when this life transfers to the next one because the new life starts now. You heard some of the stories that we've seen Jesus alive. That new life has already begun if you've placed your faith in him. So don't stop short of experiencing that fullness. It's just a matter of faith. Just take that step of faith Sometimes it's hard because a step of faith is exactly that, right? You lift up your foot, you look down, and, and you don't see a piece of ground there to put your foot down on. But you still put that foot down, and you just believe. You start to transfer that weight. Test him, and he'll show you. He'll prove himself to you over and over again. And when you take one step of faith after the other, and you begin to learn how deeply you can trust God, then all of a sudden, instead of kind of creeping along, saying, okay, is the ground going to hold my weight this time? Now all of a sudden it starts into a normal walk 
and then you can just start sprinting because you know the ground is not going to fail you because it says in the word that Jesus is our solid foundation and he will not let you down. That's who Jesus is, the resurrected life in us, the very foundation of who we are. Our identity is wrapped up in Jesus Christ and his resurrected life. Can we bow our heads this morning? I want to give opportunity for anyone who, who maybe has yet to, to place their faith in Christ and begin to experience some of this fullness. But this morning, maybe the Lord has been showing you, I'm here for you, and, and you, you've, you know that I've been calling you. You know that I've been calling you. Let nothing hold you back. If there's anyone in this room this morning that, that today wants to take this opportunity and say, Jesus, today... Today I place my faith in you and I say, I believe. No longer will I, will I adhere to the naysayers, to the ones that are trying to bury the truth. But no, today I, I take a stand and place my faith in you. I wonder if there's anyone this morning, would you raise your hand if, if today you want to make that decision to come and follow the Lord? I also want to ask this. Today, as the Lord is moving in our lives and and moving in our midst, today is a day to begin to take that next step of faith, not allowing any type of doubt to hold you back. Today is the day to begin to experience the depth of his fullness and all that he has in store for you. Today is that day. If today you want to take this stand and pray and offer to him, all of you not withholding anything back, I encourage you, would you lift your hand so I can pray for you even now? Thank you, Lord. Yes. Breakthrough life. Supernatural life in us. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You can lower your hands. Let's pray together, family. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the resurrected life. And I thank you, Lord, that that life is not just kept to yourself, but the reason you live it was for us. I thank you, God, that that life in us, God, breaks off every chain, every burden from our lives, God, that would hold us back, Father, from from accomplishing every bit of potential that you've wrapped up in us. This morning, God, we give ourselves to you wholly. This morning, God, we take a step of faith saying, we're not going to hold anything back. As a matter of fact, we release it all to you for your good, for your glory. Because I know when I give you all of myself, I get all of you in return. This morning, Father, we pray for the family, God, who have, who have made this statement saying, I'm giving it all to you. I want to experience that fullness. By the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that your spirit in them, Lord God, would draw them to that deeper place. Draw them to that deeper place, God. I pray that you would sensitize their spirit so as you, as you whisper to them, God, your will and your way, that they would hear it loud and clear. I pray your Holy Spirit in them would disciple them and draw them closer to you. I pray, God, that you would give them boldness in their walk, in their speech, in their decision-making. Give them boldness, God. 
I pray, Father, even that you would increase their faith by the day. That with each new day, as your mercies are new, so will their faith in you be new and stronger with each new day. For all of us in this place, God, strengthen our faith. We want more. We are not content with mediocre. We need more. Nothing short of your supernatural life in us. We love you this morning, Holy Father. You are good. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you, family. Um, for those of you, if you'd like to um, come for prayer, we're going to have a, some time of prayer up at the front here. Um, other, after that, uh, we have Frosty Freeze ready to go in the next room Sundays for everyone. So please uh, meet you in there. Let's have some fun. Let's complete the celebration the right way with ice cream. Ha, 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 ha.